don't reject yourself. Let someone else reject you. The worst thing that can happen is not that bad. So the, the least you can do is just try. Oh, people are going to judge me. No one's going to watch it. You have all these preconceived notions that are not true at all. Having that why for your goal and having people hold you accountable really helps me achieve my goals. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. And today's episode is going to be awesome. Look, if you are shy, if you consider yourself an introvert, if you hear from people saying, hey, you need to network to get a job, but you're like, hey, Daniel, I freaking hate networking. I don't like talking to people. I just like to be by myself. It's how I re-energize. Well, this episode is for you because today we're going to talk about how to build confidence as an introvert and how... You can, you know, use your, maybe use your shyness as your advantage. And to talk about this amazing topic, I actually have um, an amazing career coach, fellow career coach on LinkedIn who helps shy introverts build confidence and get new opportunities. I have Stephen Liu. Um, he's a program manager and a career coach. Stephen, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm also a former shy introvert. So uh, a lot of what I'm sharing, it's what I've gone through in my experiences. And as you said in the introduction, this is what I help people with, right? There's a lot of people who are shy introverts um, and it's very challenging for them to get job opportunities, to network, uh, to do anything they want. And I've been able to. Yeah, well, let's start. Let's start understanding how'd you go from being a shy introvert to now being a, a confident public speaker? Yeah, so I started uh, creating content on LinkedIn back in 2017. I wanted a way to challenge myself, uh, to, wanted a way to put myself out there. So I set some goals for myself. These are my goals. And to hold myself accountable, I decided to publish a monthly article where everyone can hold me accountable. So that got me into the rhythm of, okay, let me share a little bit more about myself. Let me hold myself accountable. And then near the end of 2017, I was in that growth mindset. So obviously the next step was to do something weekly on LinkedIn. And around that time, LinkedIn videos started popping up. Some people were starting to do videos. And I said, you know what? I have a cell phone. I can do videos. Let me do a weekly LinkedIn video series. But what can I talk about? What are 52 things I can talk about? I'm such a planner. I need to know exactly what I need to talk about you know, for, for the rest of my videos. And I decided to talk about career advice. I've gone to a lot of presentations. I have mentors. I've taken a lot of notes. And I can just pull from my notes and come up with different topics to, to talk about. So in 2018, I kicked off my 52-week challenge of sharing career advice through weekly LinkedIn videos. The first video, well, I'll share a little bit more about the first video. So the first video, I had it recorded. I had it ready to upload. But I just couldn't do it. I just sat there and I said, oh, this is stupid. No one's going to watch this video. Why am I committing to this? I just sat there. It was ready to go. I just had to hit upload. And I sat there for another 10 minutes. And I basically just said, F it. I'm just going to upload it and deal with the consequences. And I'm glad I did. Uh, I'm glad I didn't stop with the 52-week challenge. Uh, I actually made videos for three straight years after that. I started doing a weekly LinkedIn live series the, the year after that uh, in 2021. And it all came down to just having that confidence in yourself and you're having all these self doubts of, Oh, people are going to judge me. No one's going to watch it. You have all these uh, uh, preconceived notions that are not true at all. 
Um, another thing that really helped me build my confidence, uh, got me to be more comfortable with public speaking was these weekly videos. As I went to each video, I watched myself. I noticed my tendencies. My first few videos, I was very quiet and uh, I, uh, you know, I uh, put a lot of filler words. I didn't look at the camera. So as I watched myself every single week, I worked on these tendencies and worked to improve them. And now at this point where I'm just so confident in public speaking, I can hop on a podcast here with Daniel. I can go do a presentation, do a speech. And I just been through. So, so if I'm understanding correctly, I think, you know, the confidence comes from repetition, from, you know, from being brave enough to do it the first time and then committing to say, you know what? Practice makes perfect. Like I'm only going to build this confidence by actually doing it and understanding that, you know, like I'm not going to be perfect and I'm not going to be a professional paid speaker from day one. And then I just have to start and I just have to start and be committed. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's public speaking is a skill. Yeah. No one's a born speaker uh, or you don't become a great speaker overnight. It's just like any skill, like a sport, um, cooking, anything like that. And the hardest thing I think for yeah, people absolutely. is just trying to get started. Um, Daniel, you've been posting on LinkedIn a lot, and I mean, your first they few sure posts did not, probably right? didn't do so well. But if you let that stop you, you wouldn't be where you are today. I wouldn't be where I where I am today if I decided to stop after my first video or second video. So the key is to you just have to start, build up that confidence to start. Don't worry about what other people are going to say. Don't worry about these preconceived notions, and just just commit to it. And as you go through it, you'll get better and better. And as you put yourself out there more. But see, and, and and I I understand and I I get it because I, I that's the only way to reach a goal like that is to actually put the repetition. But I don't know about you, but when I'm trying to trying to stick to something, whether it's a diet or you know create something like you like you did like a 52, 52 week challenge, there's gonna be some weeks where you just are feeling down, right? There's gonna be some weeks where you your confidence is even worse than usual, right? And you feel like, hey, I'm going to skip it this week, just this week. And you start making excuses for yourself. What advice do you have? Or have you ever felt that way, first of all? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's called a challenge. It's called a 52-week challenge yeah. because it's not meant to be easy. What really helped me get through the 52-week challenge were a couple things. Uh, first, for me, what gets me to... Um, what helps me achieve my goals is my why. Why am I doing videos every single week? Because I want to put myself out there. I want to get better at public speaking, but also I want to help others. I think that was the biggest key out of the three. I want to help others. I have a lot of career advice, a lot of tips that people have given to me. I want to share that with a much larger audience. The second thing that really helps me achieve my goals is sharing them publicly. So I'm held accountable to it. So when I was posting videos, I posted them first thing Monday morning before I wanted to work. But there were a couple times where I had internet issues at home. So rather than trying to figure it out and be late to work, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to forget it. I'll upload it Tuesday. And once I get to work, I have people IMing me. Hey, where's your video? I expected to see you see your video this morning. So then if I purposely not uploaded a video mm -hmm. or, or purposely skipped a video because I felt tired that week, then I'm letting everyone else down, right? So those two things, um, having that. It's so interesting how like accountability is such a big, a big part of reaching any goal. And um, I've identified like, you know, in our, in our mentoring program, right. And we're both career coaches. Like 
we talk about how there's three things that really needed to be successful in reaching any goal. And in, in this scenario, it's like public speaking or being confident about it. But, you know, you need the right strategy, right? That's important. Uh, you, you need health accountability. And we feel like a community. And I think part of what you're saying, too, is like, Having a community of people that that, that want to see you succeed, right? And in, in this scenario, it was your audience who was kind of uh, probably your friends too, who were helping you and, and saying whenever you're feeling down, they were the ones picking you up, reminding you that you kind of made this promise to yourself because you're right. Like, you know, like there's, there's going to be some weeks that are easier than others. And it's you need that accountability. You need that support when you're feeling down. Yeah, I just want to add in my very first video. So I had that such a hard time uploading it. And once I had to upload, I was yeah. 10 minutes later, I just wanted to delete it. Because again, all these second, uh, uh, second thoughts, all these preconceived notions started coming into my head. And I said, well, in my video, I said, this is week one of my 52 week challenge. And how silly yeah. would it be if I just stop after week one after committing to 52 weeks. So that again, that really helped me keep it going. Because why, why did I just quit right off the first one, right? I committed to doing 52 weeks. So even throughout the year, I'm busy with life, busy with work, but just doing something once a week, it's not like, it doesn't take that much time. Um, when I did three straight weeks of, three straight years of weekly videos, I was in grad school, um, but I was still able to crank out videos, even do some editing, because it only took me 30. No, and you're like, this is so true. And also too, like, you know, the, if you can make it through the first and you know, the 12 weeks, you know, you build the habit, then you, when you have a streak going, it's harder to break that streak. That streak also becomes a, as a way of accountability. It just reminds me a lot of like one of my favorite books of all time. I read it every January called atomic habits. And it, it talks a lot about the, the building that streak. Um, but Steven, let me, let's shift our conversation a little bit to kind of like the job search process. And what are some of the challenges that you think introverts uh, face that maybe extroverts are not facing that kind of hurts them in the job search process? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what really uh, makes it challenging for introverts is you, you have that self-doubt. So you see a job posting and you say, well, I don't really meet all these requirements, but uh, I probably shouldn't apply. Or uh, I, if I apply, I probably wouldn't get the job anyways. So then you already rejecting yourself. You're already dis discounting yourself. But my, what I share with my clients is don't reject yourself. Let someone else reject you, right? So if you apply for a job, what is the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is you get no response or you don't get the job. But what is the best thing that can happen? The best thing that can happen is they reach out to you. You get an interview. They really like you. You know, you start a brand new job. So going back to the worst thing that can happen of nothing happens, that's literally the same yeah. thing if you didn't do anything at all. So whether it's applying for a job, whether it's um, applying for a scholarship, uh, signing up for an organization or networking with people or just whatever resource you're trying to reach out to, the worst thing that can happen is not that bad. If people are even scared about um, when I let me, uh, I'm scared of when I network with someone, I'm going to create a yeah. bad impression that they'll never hire me. No one's going to remember you three years from now. No one's going to remember that bad impression, that first impression you made, unless it's super bad. So again, the worst thing that can happen is not that bad. So yeah. no, absolutely. What if, what about networking? Let's dive into networking because that is something like you know we hear this all the time. Like networking is really important. Like you know, there's this hidden job market where arguably you can say 75, 80 percent of jobs are filled through the hidden job market, right? 
But as an introvert, that's probably the most intimidating part about job searching. It's like the networking. There's no issue applying online. Like it's, you know, is the networking and even get into the interview. What advice do you have for introverts in the networking stages? Yeah. So I'll approach this from two different perspectives. One's an in-person networking, one's just regular online networking through LinkedIn. So for in-person, yeah. that's where it's most challenging for introverts because, oh, you actually have to talk to someone, you have to shake someone's hand. So a couple of tips I, I want to you know, bring here. So if you plan to go to a networking mm -hmm. event, bring a friend. So at least you know there's someone there that you know. You don't have to keep talking to your friend the whole time, but you know, bring a friend or two to, to the networking event. And then among your friends, set a goal for each, you know, for each other. You cannot leave this networking event until you talk to three people, three different people. So you go to three different people. It doesn't even have to be a valuable conversation or at least a job offer or anything. You just have to talk to three people. And then the next networking event, set that goal even higher. I'm going to talk to six people. I'm going to talk to 10 people. And as again, this is just like public speaking. This is a skill. As you talk to more and more people, you get more and more practice, you get more and more comfortable there. So bring a friend, set those, set a goal. Before, before you go to the online version, like let's, let, I want to actually add there too. I think you're saying it's so important. Um, would you agree that the hardest part for an introverted person is the start of the conversation, the awkward moment of how to even start the conversation? Yes, absolutely. Um, so what's a, a good icebreaker that I like to use at different, whether it's a networking event or whether if I'm even the speaker, I'm trying to talk to my audience. Uh, the icebreaker I like to go with is yeah. what made you decide to come to this event? So then it's, it's, it's not just a yes or no or generic answer. And you actually get some insights from it as well. So uh, there's been events where I lead a table discussion, uh, where I share career advice, whether yeah. the topic is to a group of students. And I go around the table, ask them to introduce themselves, but also ask, you know, why are you, you know, why did you decide to come to this event? Sometimes the students say, oh, I'm just here to get class credit. Okay, well, I hope you get something out of it. Um, other people say, oh, I'm just here to network or to get networking tips. Okay, then I can steer the conversation in a way to help what you're looking for in this event. So that's my go-to when I go to a networking event, ask them what made you decide to come here rather than, oh, how's your day? Because they're just going to say, oh, good. And you know, nothing. I want to share a little hack that I learned um, a couple of years ago. Uh, well, this is actually more than a couple of years ago. This is way before COVID. I used to attend a lot of like in life personal networking events. And um, so Anybody that's been part of a student organization can relate that one of the biggest and hard, most challenging part is to get people engaged and to help set up, right? And so if you go to a networking event and let's say the networking event starts like at 7 p.m., if you get there 30 minutes early, right, you're going to be the first one there, but you know who else will be there? The person in charge of that event, right, the organizer. And if you go and say, hey, ended up happening being here early, how can I help you set up? Set up some tables, some chairs, you know, because right right there you add in value. And what's really interesting is because generally the person who sets up that event also knows the majority of the people there, right? Or at least some of the big players or some of the people worth meeting. And they're going to be like, oh, wow, thank you so much, Stephen, for helping me set up the chairs or table, like, you know, or even volunteering to help people check in, right? Because if, if there's a check-in list or an RSVP list, right? And you're the one checking in the minute, like they'll say, they'll tell you their name. You now already like, you can now join the event and go and be like, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Steven. I checked you in. Um, and a lot of times 
when you check them in, if you're if it's like a networking of a professional event, they'll say the name and the company name. Or also, too, you can ask the organizer and ask them to introduce you because the organizer generally already knows them and a warm introduction like, oh, this is my friend Steven or this is Steven. I actually met him today. He helped me set up. And because you add a value, people tend to want to add value back to you. And so if you struggle to want to how to start the conversation, that simple hack or where you're just quietly helping set up the tables or chairs or help check in um, will be a good way for you to meet people. Oh, that's I, I really like that. I don't know if you saw me. I was smiling the whole time because I 100 percent agree with, with what you said. Um, I, I, I do. I do something similar for speaker events where I show up at least 15 minutes early and introduce myself to the main speaker. Because if you go yeah. at the very end, when everyone else is swarming the front, either they don't yeah. have time because their presentation ran over or they just have so many people to talk to, they can't have that quality time with them. So in your example, where you're there at setup time, where you actually have that one-on-one -on -one opportunity with the organizer, it's a lot easier rather than, oh, hi, you know, you sort of pass by with, with someone. Just having that more focused conversation makes it. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the advice also too for me, it's like, uh, when you are networking, to me, I actually hate the word networking. I just use it because that's what people think about. But I think about it as relationship building. And when people are networking, especially to me, that because I work with a lot of introverted clients as well, but like I'm not an introvert. Like you're speaking from being an introvert. I'm, ex I'm speaking from being an extrovert, right? Of making the conversation about them. Because one thing I've noticed is generally speaking, and I say generally speaking, right? introverts are actually really good listeners. They're better listen to extroverts. Most extroverts are just like hearing you, but not listening to you. They're just waiting to reply. So as an introvert that you're actually listening, you actually become a better networker because if you make the conversation about them, right? So if we're networking, Stephen, if I just asked you about your job, your career, your business, right? You're going to want to talk. And the more you talk, the more information that I'm gathering to be able to find commonalities to bridge us better. And I think that's what I found. Like when in doubt, when you have nothing to say, ask questions, be genuinely curious, and that will keep the conversation going forever. Absolutely. Yeah. And I like what you just said at the end, be genuinely curious. So if you ever run into me, just say, oh, you know, your career coach, how did you get into career coaching? Uh, you know, what kind of clients do you help? Uh, what advice do you have? So there's a lot of deeper probing questions you can just keep adding on and on when you have that conversation. And then for me as yep. a speaker, everyone loves talking about themselves, whether or not you're an introvert or extrovert. So then it's like, Oh yeah, this person's really genuinely interested in what I'm. Absolutely. So now let's shift it to online. Okay. We talked about in-person. What about online? Yes. So this is similar to applying for a job earlier when I was saying, when you apply for a job, you sometimes you self reject yourself. You don't feel like you're qualified. So the same thing happens when you try to network on LinkedIn. You send someone, you, you're scared to send someone a connection request because, because you think, oh, this person is a manager, this person is a director or CEO. Why would they ever talk to me? So then you don't even send out that message. But again, what is the worst thing that can happen? The worst thing that can happen is they don't respond, whether it's they don't, they're not active on LinkedIn, they got too many connection requests, whatever. The worst thing that can happen is they don't respond. The best thing that can happen is you just make a genuine connection, you get a mentor out of it, you get a job opportunity out of it, or you just get a, a new person to, to connect with out of it. And you can learn so much from that person. So again, if you don't take any action, that is the same result if you didn't do anything at all. So 
it doesn't hurt to connect with people, but also make it genuine, right? So as just like you don't apply for every single job with the same exact resume, you don't connect with people the same exact way. You send them a personalized message, go look at their LinkedIn, look at their content, find something specific saying, you can even say, oh, I'm interested in how you help child introverts build confidence. Can we connect to learn more? And that's that's a genuine connection. And then that, again, starts the conversation. So just to summarize, don't self-reject yourself. Just send. Yeah, it's so true. Also, too, like um, I'm going to say a couple of quotes that none of them I made up by myself either. Uh, one, uh, you're going to miss every shot that you don't take. I think that was Michael Jordan who said that. Uh, and, 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 and the second thing is, you know, people tend to network online on LinkedIn and they tend to ask for jobs. And somebody mentioned this quote to me. It's so true. So true. When you ask for advice, you get a job. When you ask for a job, you get advice, right? If you're just straight networking on LinkedIn and all you're saying, hey, can I get you? I see that you work at Applied Materials. Can I get a job, Stephen? You're going to end up giving them advice on what, like, on how to maybe here's where you should apply or whatnot, right? But if I were to come to you and ask you for advice on how to have a, a successful career in project manager and we get to know each other, you might be impressed by my skill sets and my eager and my drive that you might be like, hey, there's an opening position in, in, in my department, like uh, you should apply. And so you end up getting a job. And so um, I think that's a really important thing. The second thing I kind of want to add here is like most people that are networking, okay, most people do not network. The, 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 I would say 80% of people do not network, you know, the 80, 20 rule that 20% of people that are networking on LinkedIn are targeting recruiters. So they're, they're trying to network with recruiters. I actually think you're going to get a better experience, a better return, and even more impactful when you're networking with people who have the same job title that you are applying to. And the cool thing is if you're a STEM student, you're an introverted engineer, right? Um, you're going to be networking with other introverted engineers and odds are you have more in common with them. They probably went to your same university major, you know, study the same thing, are passionate about the same type of hobbies than you would with a recruiter who most likely either went through a liberal arts or business degree that you might have generally speaking less in common. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just want to add a few points. You made very, very excellent points there. So for the first one about, you know, when you ask for advice, you get a job and, and vice versa. Put yourself in the shoes of the person you're trying to reach out to. So if I go reach out to Daniel, hey, can you get me a job? How is Daniel going to vouch for me? He has no idea who I am, has no idea what my skills are. But if I ask for advice, for example, um, you know, how did you yep. get into podcasting? right? Or what motivated you to get into podcasting? And then we, we start having that conversation. So once you have a conversation, you build a relationship and that will lead to, lead to jobs. And then the other point you talked about um, not reaching out to recruiters, but reaching out to people in the same job title. Again, put yourself in the recruiter's <laughs> shoes. Everyone is reaching out to yeah. them. How are you going to differentiate yourself? They're going to have so many mismatches. Yeah. You can imagine how many messages they get and how many they can't even respond to. And they get the same, get, you know, can you give me a job? Can you give me a job? They, they're just not going to respond in a genuine manner because they get the same messages over and over. So if you find someone, this is what I share with all my clients too. Network with yep. people in the job title you want. So let's say you want to get into project manager. You're currently an engineer. I get this message a lot. Hey, you know, can we chat a little bit to learn, you know, how did you get from a, become an engineer to a project manager? And then I talked to them, I was like, oh, this is how I did it. This is the new skills I had to get to uh, go from engineering to project manager or how to think like a project manager. And there you go. You got a bunch of advice. You can use the advice. And if we have a great conversation and you bring up in the conversation, 
hey, I looked at your applied materials site and there was a you know, couple of jobs that I was interested in. Can you refer me? Now we've already had this conversation. We built that relationship. I'm way more willing to, to refer you to that job rather than when you. 1000%. No, Stephen, this is so on point. No, like I'm, I'm so glad we're having this conversation. So uh, let me like kind of just, as we wrap this up, if I am listening to this podcast and, you know, I consider myself a shy introvert and I, I, I want to get a new job, you know, and they want to learn more about you, Stephen, and the products and services that you provide, what is the best way to c connect with you? And, and tell, tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you work with uh, clients. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, yep. Stephen Liu. Uh, we'll drop the link. Uh, I also have a website, stephenhelpsyoucoaching.com. So on my website, on my LinkedIn, uh, has links to all my different calls. I usually start with a 15-minute free consulting call just to understand what your needs are and see if I can even help you. And the other services that I provide are resume reviews, uh, where I look over your resume line by line, make them very effective bullet, tailor them to a job description. I also help with LinkedIn profiles, uh, how to optimize your LinkedIn profile, how to network on LinkedIn, how to create content on LinkedIn. So you build that network, you build that uh, community, build that presence. And finally, I also help with job interviews. So going through mock interviews, again, giving me a job description. I will ask you questions from the job description. I'll ask you questions from your resume and help you build that confidence uh, to 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 be uh, to help you build that confidence for for job interviews as well. So a variety of different career uh, services. Again, if you just want to chat about, hey, how do I build more confidence? You just send me a message. I reply to all the messages. I Love it, love it. Look, ladies and gentlemen, as you're listening to this, I definitely want to encourage you all to take that that opportunity to connect with Stephen, and and if it makes sense to just send him a message and, and set up a 15 minute call. Um, I believe that everyone should be working with a career coach, just like you know we have a financial advisor to help you plan for retirement when you're buying a house, use a realtor. Uh, but it's about finding the right career coach for you. And I think Steven is a great uh, option if you are, you know, introverted and feel shy and intimidated about the whole networking process. Uh, definitely uh, connect. Uh, we're going to put uh, Steven, your, your LinkedIn and your websites page on the show notes as well. Uh, Steven, thank you so much for being here. And for everyone listening, if you've enjoyed this, uh, make sure you subscribe and like this. And if you have an introverted friend that needs to hear this, please share this episode with them. Thank you so much and catch you guys on the next episode.